The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. We find our main text for this morning, this afternoon, pardon me, out of the book of Luke, chapter 1, if you would turn there. Welcome to our third service. We will have church tonight as we do every week, six o'clock tonight, as well as on Wednesday. I want to encourage you to invite somebody to come Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Uh, it will be a full house. Historically, it's full, so years gone by. It's been packed out. We'll pull out extra chairs and uh, have a candlelight Christmas Eve communion service. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26, reading from the New International, uh, pardon me, New King James Version. Let's read the word of the Lord. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at the saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. And she'll call his name Jesus. And he will be great and be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not, did not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this now, the sixth month, for her who is called barren. Verse 37. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Will you say that with me? For with God, nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord... Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Father, thank you for what you've done. Lord, this morning, what you'll do even now. Move in power, we pray, giving all the praise and glory to you ahead of time. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Those words, for with God, nothing will be impossible, was like a neon sign for me. Uh, yesterday, and in the preparation of the sermon, I began to think about all the things that God has done for for me and for my family and for countless other people, and how God came through. I think about you, George. I thought about you. I thought about how you were. They, they said you just should say goodbye to everybody and go off to heaven, basically. But here you are, miracle, delivered from cancer, twice. They said you were going to die. 
And they were wrong both times. And God intervened. You know why? For with God, nothing is impossible. He had mercy on you, had mercy on us and your children and your, and your wife more than all of us. God heals cancer. God does miracles. And that is the Christmas story. It's the Christmas message. What do you mean it's a Christmas message? God eternal, stepping out of eternity, putting on robes of flesh and being born in a manger, a baby. Babies are helpless. A manger is probably the most humble place you could be born. You can imagine what's in a manger. It's not all cute straw and everything. Let's not make it pretty. It's not, it's not some Hollywood location. It's a place where animals are. You know, with animals, come on, you know what follows. He was born. That is, that is the message of Christmas is that for with God, nothing's impossible. And God stepped into our, our world in accordance with the scriptures to redeem us. To save us, to heal us, because he wanted the family. He fulfilled the, the, the proto-evangelum, which is the first time the, 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 the gospel was preached in the book of Genesis. The seed of the woman was born, would crush the head of Satan, and he did just that. Jesus. And it's a much-needed message for the age that we're in. It's so filled with pessimism and bitterness and doubt. With God, nothing's impossible. Say it with me. For with God, nothing is impossible. Let it sink in. Say it again. For with God, nothing is impossible. Genesis 18, 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Job 42, 2. I know that you can do everything. And that no purpose of yours will be withheld. Jeremiah 32, 17. Ah, Lord God. Behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Luke 18, 27. But he said, these things which are impossible with men are possible with, you guessed it, God. Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Isaiah 55, 11, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, this he will also perform. Nothing is impossible with God. It's a corrective word. It's an encouraging word, and it's the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ that God does the impossible. In fact, it's only impossible for you. He's God, so for him, nothing is impossible. He said, well, I can't do that. That's true, but maybe he through you can. Cancer, disease, infirmity, nothing. Nothing, nothing is impossible. He hears conversation about faith that's planted in somebody's heart to believe for healing. We'll speak to somebody else across the other side of the city to get a book that's out of print, to put it in your hands, to confirm, yes, I'm speaking to you. Yes, I'm going to heal you. Yes, 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 yes. Nothing's impossible. Not one thing. And it's a pessimistic age we live in. It's an age that we live in where people are just, well, I don't know about that. Well, I doubt it. Well... Just, you know, they came out the womb. They were filled with bitterness and doubt. 
This whole secular humanism that's being pushed in all our universities across the land is, is, is one of fantasy or despondency. It all depends on how you receive it. Somebody said, you've read books maybe or seen, seen the reports or heard this, the, uh, the seminars that people pay thousands of dollars to go to so that they can learn that they're not tapping the full potential of their mind. And so that they could just think positively and, you know, vibrate with the universe and begin to declare things that basically they'll be like a supernatural ATM machine that'll spit cash out of you. Oh, I'm, tell, I, I'm making fun, but really, people teach this nonsense. And the problem is, is that it works. Much of it works. First of all, there's principles in the Word of God that you get a hold of also works. And what the enemy will do is he will pull principles from the Word, sow it with deception, give no glory to God. And then when it's working, because how many of you know gravity? Come on, you don't have to. We don't have to prove gravity. We're come on, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? It exists. There are laws that exist. There is there is a, a way and by which you can release miracles, really. But when you do it without God, when you do it without giving glory to God, First John talks about it. Then basically, you're tapping into to demonic power. And so there's people that 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 just they believe that nothing's impossible. But you can't forget the for with God part. The devil comes as an angel of light and his servants are the same. It's no wonder they, came this, they come the same way. And there's, there's teaching. I, I, I slapped around the secret, the book, The Secret. It's demonic. It's got, no, it gives no glory to God. Or it gives a God of the universe kind of thing. It doesn't give glory to Jesus. They can say God as much as they want. Somebody doesn't say Jesus, you're in trouble. And you can say, you know, Jesus, that's fine. You want to say it, in, in, you want to say, but it, it is the Messiah is what we're talking about. And you remove the Messiah, remove Jesus from that, and you start seeing miracle signs and wonders. Then you're, then you're basically tapping into devil power, and it gives no glory to God. And it is a scary, scary, scary thing. For with God, nothing's impossible. Can you say amen? Now, God's got to be our focus. We find fulfillment as human beings in him. And I am very aware that we don't use our full potential of our mind. You say, is that true? They've proven you only use through, you know, you only use the very small percentage of your mind. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I believe that. How many of you know you could probably use more of your brain than you are? I'm sure we're using a very small percentage, and I know we have greater potential, but if it's outside of God, it becomes demonic. The whole human potential movement is very, very evil, so much so that even the elect would be led astray. So, how do we allow for God's power to be demonstrated in the world? Which is, by the way, what Mary did. In the context of what we read, Mary allowed for her to her to be used to see the Messiah come. Said, so, but she didn't have a choice. Oh, yes, she did. She did have a choice. And you have a choice. All right, how do we see God's power demonstrated in the world? We've given you notes. If you don't have those, you slip your hand up and one of our anointed ushers will bring that to you. The first thing is find favor with God. Verse 28, and having come in... I wonder how that is, having come. How did the angel come in? Anyway, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Well, the first thing is find favor with God. How do you find favor? She's a woman of God. 
She loves the Lord. It was something that she did and the way that she lived that got God's attention that brought favor. Do you know that you can live in such a way that will release the favor of God in your life? I've had people tell me, you know what, I think you got the favor of God in your life. I, I agree. I do. Yeah. That's not an arrogant thing. It's just, it's just true. I mean, it's God's grace, God's power, God's enablement. It's all the Lord. But, but he won't do my part. He won't do your part. Listen, many people want the favor of God, but they don't want to do it God's way. When you do it God's way, you end up with favor. When you obey the word, when you live for him, when you have a life of prayer. I mean, I'm, Jesus, help us. We could be more like Jesus. <laughs> Let's repent right now. God, help us. But when you live for the Lord, he'll release favor. Mary had favor. You can have favor. How do we see the God who can do all things released through us into our, into our world? Find favor with God. Ask for it. Fog. Ask for the fog. The what? The fog. Favor of God. Ask for the fog. The second thing we see is surrender to God's will, which really could be tied together there. But verse 38, and Mary said, behold, your maid servant, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. What a, what a statement of faith. And the angel departed. She could have said no. She should have said, do you know what that's going to cost me? Do you know? No. Like, no. Hello. I'm losing my, I will lose Joseph. I'm going to be, she, she actually, by becoming pregnant, maybe she didn't understand all of these things, but she could have ended up stoned under a pile of rocks because of her impurity and sin. Of course, it wasn't sin, but who's going to believe that? By the way, there's no more virgin births. All right, just for the record. It was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it was not. That only happened once. It's never going to happen again. And everybody said, Amen. But she could have said no. There are people who want to do the will of God, but they don't obey Him. They don't surrender. How do we see the power of God released and that with God nothing's impossible? Well, you got to find favor with God. Number two, you got to surrender to His will. There's probably, I don't know, 60, 80 people here, children upstairs. There's 60 or 80 people plus all the children upstairs. Everybody has a will here. I've got a will. My wife has one. My mother, you, we all have a will. God has a will. Satan has a will. God's will isn't just done. Somebody has to come in agreement with the will of God. You have to agree. You have to will to will the will of God. Let me say that again. You have to will to will the will of God. I am, uh, I'm tested on this all the time. And the test comes when your flesh doesn't want to do it. Your flesh comes when you're tired. You just don't feel like it. And you can rationalize. When you get really tired, you can rationalize, you know, not doing it. And say, well, the Lord will forgive me. Or maybe he doesn't really mean that. And he, you know, I'm just, you know, I need to take care of myself. Sometimes yourself is the biggest thing that's in the way of actually seeing the miracle power of God. I lost my wallet this week. Uh, this past week. I lost my wallet. I went hunting on Monday with my son. We went to cap a couple rabbits. We're going to have a rabbit stew. And uh, we never found any. And in the course of hanging out with my anointed son, I dropped my wallet. Now, I had way too much. Let me just, just get some wisdom from Pastor Daniel right now. I had way too much in my wallet. I don't mean cash. I mean too much in one location. 
all my licenses, passports, hunting license, all my every credit card I have, whatever, it's all there. I have bank cards, uh, ID, passport card. You know what a passport card is? I mean, like way too much in one spot. We we thinned it out after because I got it back. But let me just tell you the whole story. I dropped it in the woods. I didn't know exactly where I dropped. I didn't even wasn't sure how I dropped it in the woods. I thought it maybe it was ripped off. I thought I left it at a restaurant. And it's crazy, you know, how your mind will mess with you. I saw some rough character there, and I thought, I bet that guy stole it. Lord, help him. God, give him hemorrhoids. Lord! (laughs) Oh, don't look at me like that. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're like, I know he did. I know he did. Get him, God. Get him. Anyway, I had some of those thoughts come, and I thought, no, no, Jesus, Jesus, I'm not sure he did it. Oh, God, maybe he did, though. You know, I mean, like, I mean, I lost my wallet. And it was one of those things that's just like impossible. I'm not talking about a couple dollars. I didn't even have any cash in it. It's just all my stuff, my whole, all my identity, social security card, everything. I was so troubled. And, uh, you know, we prayed and usually we're really good at finding stuff. You know what I mean? I can pinpoint. I remember my son said to me, it was just awesome. He said, Dad, can you just ask God and he'll tell you where it is? The truth is, the truth is this has happened a number of times. And we've said, you know, what do you say to that? Come on, you're raising a world changer and your kid says to you, can't you just ask God and he tells you? What's your answer? Yes. Great. So I'm like, yeah, we can. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, where's my wallet? I was kind of hoping you, you would get the word of the Lord because you all frequently do. Anyway, I was kind of shooting blanks, didn't really come up with anything. And I was like almost positive it was at this restaurant turned out I was wrong. Anyway, the day goes by, the wallet's gone. I quickly hustle to a phone, shut down all my credit cards. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I just got after it, closed them all down. I, uh, I'm troubled all that night. And in fact, the loss of my wallet pushed me to a place of brokenness with a bunch of stuff. I just, it just upset me. And I ended up praying throughout the night, Monday to Tuesday. Tuesday came to 5.30 prayer, prayed 5.30, stayed for an extra half hour. God visited me and Minister Chris, who was here. We had a tremendous time. Josh was here too. Power God. Just I got slammed in that time, Tuesday morning. You're over there in the corner praying. God touched me. I mean, God really touched me. Went into 7 to 8. Then I had a staff meeting. Went in the staff meeting. After the staff meeting, basically, I'm walking in the hallway, and I had this this thing hit me like there is no stinking way that that wallet can I this is impossible no I mean I just got a no in my spirit you know what I'm, anybody know what I'm talking about like no this is impossible this cannot happen and I was in the hallway when it happened it wasn't even like I was sitting there you know having a little prayer meeting I was just talking to the Lord and I felt like no 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 I call my wallet back in Jesus name I, I did it twice down the hallway some of my staff might have heard I don't know if, I don't know if you heard Minister Micah but I, I said I call my wallet I'm getting my wallet back in the name of Jesus I had a counseling appointment that day we changed it left the office I love being in Alaska got our guns and went rabbit hunting for the counseling the same location I went hunting on Monday to see if I could find it. I didn't find it, but when I walked up, I saw it. When we were driving across the highway, we saw the person pulling away from a hunting spot, and I knew that person had my wallet. Long story longer. I got a phone call. The phone call was from this person who found my wallet. And they said, I think I found your wallet, and they left their number And I called them. Now, I had a very packed schedule the rest of the day. And they're in Anchorage. And uh, I just, 
you know, I wanted my wallet back. I knew it was safe. My cards are shut down, even if I was wrong, but I knew it was okay. And the guy got it. And I had to, I had to, you know, I've got primrose. I had a bunch of things we had to do, which I was thankful to do. And then I was going to go to Anchorage. The problem was I did not sleep that night. I was in morning prayer. I know why Jesus slept in the back of the boat. It's because he went to prayer. They're trying to wake him up because he was in a prayer meeting earlier. So by the time 8.30 rolls around, which is when I'm free to drive to Anchorage, it is the last thing I want to do is go to Anchorage. The very last thing. So I kind of throw a fleece at the guy. I say, well, I want to make sure, you know, I'm not coming too late. And it's true. I mean, he's got his family. He says, oh, no, you can come. I'm like, oh, geez, I want to go in the morning. He says, oh, I, I could send it out with one of my trucks. And I, I'm so tired. I'm, I'm nearly falling. I would fall asleep at the wheel. That's how I feel. And the Lord says, this is, this is the moment. And I realize I got to go. I, I took my daughter with me. I got a cup of coffee. I drove to Anchorage and had an amazing divine appointment at a very uh, influential man in the state of Alaska. I met him at his door. He handed me my wallet and we talked about, about the Lord. God started a relationship with this man that would not have happened if I didn't. I knew the Lord wanted me to go and I'm going to tell you it is the last thing I wanted to do. I mean, I tried to talk myself out of it, but it was like, well, you think you can have the divine appointment or not, son? I was like, okay, let's do it. Mary could have said no. Some of you have said no. Don't look at me with that religious tone of voice. God speaks to you and some of you have said no and you've not seen breakthrough, you've not seen miracles and you wonder where the favor is. But you said no. How does that look like? He wakes you up for morning prayer, but you don't go. Come on, he's trying to visit you in the quiet time that you never have. I know some of you have quiet times. I know some of you are in your own time of prayer when you're driving to Anchorage, you can't make it here. I understand that. There's always exceptions. But if God has spoken to you and you said no, then you will not see a display of his power. You won't see a display of miracles. Gosh, I, I, a couple said this, and I didn't talk to them, so they'll remain anonymous for now. But God spoke to them to give their mortgage in an offering. Now, how many of you know you better be hearing from God? All right? If you're on a, if you're on a limited, limited income, and I mean, you got, you're on a budget, and you've got your mortgage payment, and he tells you to give your mortgage, you better be hearing from God. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? All right. And so, they were going to give, and the wife told the husband, and he's like, what? She shouted, ha, 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 Jesus, right? So, they got an agreement, and they, and they gave. And, you know, God came through for him later that week with a supernatural check. They didn't expect it. They didn't know it was coming. It came out of the blue. God supernaturally provided for them. You will never see the power of God unless you take steps of faith and take risk. You got to surrender. When God speaks to you, you got to obey. Look at C. Allow the Holy Spirit to fill you. The angel said in verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Hmm. Day of Pentecost had come, book of Acts chapter 2. And the point is that literally every one of us can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Every single one of us, all of us can be filled with the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And you can have access to the power of heaven 
by the will of God as you live for him and, and draw and pull on that anointing. Miracles are not just for pastors and for preachers. They're for everybody. Dr. Bill Hammond calls it the day of the saints. He's prophesied that the next move of God is going to be the saints rising up in their God-given, blood-bought right as their identity in Christ uh, as children of God and begin to walk in power and authority, seeing miracles displayed simply because it's a promise for all of God's children. Can somebody say amen? But you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to fill you. D, Minister Micah, would you come? Be encouraged by what God has done through others. Verse 38, the angel says, hey, Elizabeth, you remember her? Elizabeth, she's pregnant. We see later on in the text that that Mary goes to visit Elizabeth. Can you imagine the encouragement that came to her as she comes and sees her out coming out six months pregnant? Y'all know what a six month pregnant woman looks like, right? Right? She comes out, I think she was just like, Oh, thank God the angel was right because this is a miracle. I think she just got encouraged. You've got you've to be encouraged for what God's done through other people. Let, let it encourage you. Your testimony will encourage other people. It's interesting to note, and it's not in your notes, but I made reference in the second service. I think it's important enough to say it in, in the third here. That she, she didn't know how it was going to happen. I mean, she had no framework. Like, how is that going to happen? Because I've never been with a man. He says, well, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. I don't really have a framework for that. I mean, what is that? How does that? That's, how, I mean, come on, you guys have, y'all understand how babies are made, right? Right? How's that? I don't know. So she asked, how is that? And he says, well, the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. No details. And you certainly don't want to put anything weird on it. Spirit of God hovered over the earth at the beginning of creation. Hovered, brooded over. A chicken broods over eggs. The Holy Spirit brooded over the creation. I think the Holy Spirit just came over her like that. Bam. Supernatural. Pure. Amazing. How does that happen? Zacharias said the same thing, but he got judged. Zacharias said, how do I know? Remember Zechariah in the temple burning incense? Same angel comes and says, hey, Elizabeth, barren? Yeah, the prayer you used to pray? I've come and answered the prayer. She's going to have a baby. You're going to call his name John. And he says, really? Prove it, is basically what he says. And he ends up not able to speak until the birth. What's the difference? One is just sort of curious, Mary, without a critical, unbelieving heart, like Zechariah. Zechariah was wounded. Zechariah had unbelief. Zechariah could not believe God. Mary believed God but didn't understand. Two very different answers. Both of them saying, how could that be? Believe. Everybody say believe. The place of your deepest hurt, listen to this, I've preached on it before. The place of your deepest hurt will produce in you unbelief. Oh, it's so good. Somebody should tweet it. It's true. The place of your deepest hurt will produce in you unbelief in that area. Wounds and and painful scenarios and situations produce in people like a divided 
wall in their mind. It, 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 it makes them double-minded. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So, so when you have places in your life that are wounded as Zechariah and Elizabeth did because God didn't answer their prayer in the time that they wanted, they couldn't believe him. They couldn't believe the angel because of that. And just because you've been delayed, it doesn't mean you've been denied. And just because you haven't seen the answer to your prayer yet, doesn't mean it's not going to happen. God answers prayer this way. Yes, no, wait. That are the answers to prayer. Those are all the answers for yes, no, wait. God says no. Thank God he does. Can somebody say amen? I prayed for stuff. Really thankful he didn't let me have it. Oh, thank you, God. Other things I'm waiting on. And, and other, th- other times it's yes. Everybody say believe. I'm challenged by the word to pray more. Challenged by the word to take steps of faith. I'm challenged by the word to get my hopes up. Be challenged and know that with God, nothing is impossible. Can you say amen? Dr. Morocco called me uh, earlier, just yesterday, and said, Pastor Daniel, it's that time of year. We want to give the staff a bonus. I said, amen. He said, well, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to do it just like we did all the other year. We have over 100 employees. He said, just give an opportunity for people to bless the entire staff of KC. So we're going to do that right now in an offering. You'll be able to get tax credit if you so choose. I know many of you have given cards and gifts, and thank you for your generosity and your love that you feel for me and for my staff. We're so grateful, and I don't want you to feel coerced at all. Please, just obey God, whatever that is. And this doesn't go to me personally or my staff individually. It goes to the entire worldwide staff of KC. And so we're just going to give a Christmas gift. My wife and I are going to do something. Amen. And this will be for their staff, the staff bonuses. Dr. Morocco used to match it. He did it last year, which is a supernatural step of faith. He said he's going to believe God to do the same this year. Ushers, would you help us? Come on, say, for with God, nothing's impossible. Ready, set, go. For with God, nothing is impossible. He can heal you. your need. He can save the hardest hearted person in a moment. He can touch their heart and melt like wax. The mountains melt like wax in his presence. He can do it. He can do it. He can do it. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Oh, nothing is impossible for with God. Nothing is impossible. It's the Christmas story. God stepped out of eternity, born of a virgin. What? By the way, you have to have more faith to believe that it didn't happen than it did. You study this, you figure that out. Amazing. Amazing, God. Ushers, would you come? Father, thank you for the KC staff worldwide. Thank you for the generosity of our senior pastor, Dr. James Morocco, and for the marvelous joy we have to be able to serve you in unity together as a team. And Lord, thank you for your people as they sow, as they give. Lord, bless. 
Bless and bless the gift and the giver. Bless the staff of King's Chapel, King's Cathedral and Chapels. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just go ahead. All right, we want to go ahead and bring the children in. We're going to bless them for Christmas. And so they're going to make their way up the aisle. Once they're given a gift, if, if they can just go back to their parents, kids, you go back to mom and dad. Come on in. Put your hands together for the kids. Come on, everybody say Merry Christmas. Come on, say Merry Christmas. One, two, three. Merry Christmas to all the children. Now, if for some reason they get a gift that doesn't work or wrong age, that happens sometimes. You let us know. You come talk to Minister Chris and he'll set you up. All the kids follow the directions that you've been given. Come on, would you stand up on your feet? Come on, we're just going to sing this Christmas carol and bless all the children. Thank you for making this possible. It's your own generosity, the generosity of the entire congregation to be able to give these gifts to the kids. Come on. right out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, forgive me for all of my sin. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Holy Spirit, I pray you fill and touch and bless each and every one in the name of Jesus. Now, if your child didn't get a gift for some reason, Minister Chris is right here, and uh, he'll facilitate that. We want to make sure that all the kids are blessed. Amen. And if for some reason it was mislabeled, we want to make sure that, you know, your little, little girl doesn't get some army man or something, you know. All right. 
Hallelujah. Minister Chris, do you have any instructions for us? Merry Christmas, he says. Okay, praise God. Let's close. Would you take someone by the hand? Thank you for coming to our Sunday Christmas service. Sunday night, we'll have service tonight. It's going to be tremendous. Also, midweek, Wednesday, it's going to be a pretty full house. This beautiful candlelight, communion service, pass out candles. It's, it's just a beautiful time. And I'll preach the word. And you bring your unsaved loved ones and family. And God's going to move. I would come a little early if I were you on Wednesday. It's going to be full. We'll pull out as many chairs as we can, but it's going to be great. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for what you've done today. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them. Give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. If we don't get to see you, Merry Christmas. Happy birthday, Jesus. We love you. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.